Good morning, my name is Gary, in case you don't know that already. And I'm glad you're here. I enjoy being here. Hope you do too. We are meeting with the Greater Alton Church, and we want to welcome you all out. And I hope you have a good time today. Uh, We hope you see Jesus more clearly as a result of being here today than you may have before you came. So that's just that. Um, Tim's been talking. I can't say Tim, can I? I've got to say Tim, Allen, and I have been talking for the last several weeks uh, on a series uh, entitled Meeting Jesus. And just looking at different... We started with just individuals and we've kind of expanded it out to, to groups of individuals or, or a couple people at a time, as we're going to today. But these people had a personal encounter with Jesus. Um, they came one-on-one. And we're looking at what can we learn from this? What goes on here? And guys, I believe today as we're looking at this, we're going to be looking at the story that's commonly known as the story of Martha and Mary. It's in Luke chapter 10. It's in your notes there. And it's a very familiar story. If you've been around church at all, you've heard the story of Mary and Martha. Well, let's read it, and then we'll, we'll get into it, okay? It's there in your notes, Luke chapter 10. It says, As Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he taught. But Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. I added the tone. I don't, I just, I'm guessing that was her tone. But the Lord said to her, my dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. There is only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it and it will not be taken from her. Guys, this morning, as I was preparing, preparing for this lesson, I was wrestling with what to title it. As I've told you before, I'm not one much for titling lessons. But the title kind of comes from what, what particular angle, what you're wanting to say. And what the, the, the angle, if you will, on what you're wanting to say. The slant you're wanting to put on it. The emphasis you're wanting to put on it as you look at it. And guys, when I had a real struggle with this one, you know, with how I'm going to do it. You know, you want to say... Lessons from Mary, you know, because when you look at this story, you typically see Mary as the good sister and Martha. Okay, I mean, if you're you're honest, you look at it. Martha's never held up. Look at the good example Martha was, you know, they never talk about the fact that she was welcoming Jesus into her home. They talk about the fact that she had a wrong focus. And so I thought, well, what can we learn from the bad sister? You know, I thought about that. I thought about, well, what can we learn from Mary? I thought about that. You know, I thought about the contrast of the two sisters. So close yet so far away. You know, I thought about all this. And as I thought about it, guys, I, I just didn't think it was fair to Martha. I don't think Martha's a bad person. Okay, I think she's a human person. And guys, when you look at her, you see... You see good, and you see one area of error in her life is all you see. And guys, when you look at it, you see a whole lot of good. And guys, I want to talk about this. You know, um, it says in the passage we just read that Martha was the one who welcomed Jesus into her home, invited him and the disciples over to eat a meal. He's from out of town. We do it. Um, He was from out of town, and he's eating at her home. 
Now in Luke chapter 8, in the first two verses there, it talks about a group of women who Jesus had healed, he'd cured of evil spirits, he drove demons out of one woman. And these women, I guess in response to appreciation and thankfulness uh, for what Jesus had done for them, they supported Jesus. They traveled around with him and supported Jesus out of their own financial, out of their own finances. Now it doesn't mention Martha specifically in this group. Okay, it doesn't mention Martha or Mary. There are a couple different Marys it mentions. I don't know that her sister was one of them. But I don't, I don't know that they're in this group. They may have been, they may not. But even if they're not in that group, I believe they're in the same category as these women. You see, this isn't the only time that we read about Mary and Martha here in, here in Luke chapter 10. We also read about them in John chapter 11. Okay, and we learn there that they have a brother named Lazarus. And uh, he dies. Jesus raises him from the dead. You can go look at that. And then in John chapter 12, there's another story. And what's going on in this story? They're eating again. And this is where Mary anoints Jesus uh, with perfume. And uh, Judas gets upset about it and says, hey, let's, you know, that money could have been... And that perfume could have been sold and the money given to the poor. Uh, what's upset about it? But guess what they were doing there? Guess where they were eating in that day? They were in Martha's house again. So you see Jesus making three different visits to Martha's house. And I believe she falls in that category of one of these women who had decided that, listen, out of her financial means, I'm going to provide for Jesus. I'm going to help him. You know, uh, it's kind of like maybe he, they lived in the town of Bethany. That was when Jesus came to Bethany. That was their base camp. You know, that was where they stayed. That was where they ate. Uh, that could be the picture you have of them. So, guys, when you look at this, you don't see Martha being this, you know, you've got to look at the whole picture of Martha. She was a good woman. So well, the title I came up with is simply, Lessons from the Ladies. Because, guys, there's things we can learn from both of these ladies in this, in this story. And we want to we look at this. We're going to talk about four, four things very quickly, the lessons you can learn from these two ladies. The first one, first lesson you want to learn is get close to Jesus. I mean, it's very simple. I mean, you see it with Mary. What is she doing? She's sitting at Jesus' feet. In fact, that's the problem that Martha has with her, is she's so close to Jesus. I guess that's not the problem. The problem is she's not helping her, but you understand the point. Martha, you look at her and go, why wasn't she close to Jesus? She invited Jesus into her home. Okay? It wasn't like this is just Mary, and Mary was the only one interested in being close to Jesus. Martha invites Jesus into her home, number one. Number two, what is her reaction, or her, her response, or her, her action, I guess, when she gets upset with her sister? She decides to get close to Jesus too. To get closer to Jesus than she was. And to voice her complaint about her sister. Now guys, I bring this up because I think it's very significant. Martha, even in her struggle, even in her humanity, her sin if you will, she had a desire to get close to Jesus. And guys, that's the the first thing I want to look at and just talk about. You want to learn from these two ladies... You need to learn, being close to Jesus is a good thing. No matter where you're at or no matter what's going on in your life. 
That is just the truth of the matter here. Um, and guys, I want to ask you a question. Is there anything, is there other times in your life when you don't want to be close to Jesus? There's times where I don't want to be close to Jesus. I mean, honestly, it's kind of a default setting for me. I grew up, uh, kind of had to raise myself, so to speak, especially as an adult. And um, I, I feel, you know, I don't, my kids call me when they need something. I never felt I had I could do that with my parents. Okay? They were still trying to figure out life. I had to figure out more things for myself. And it was more of a decision on my own. I remember my father in 1985. I was in London for a month. He was the only person I called collect from London. And uh, I call him at 7 in the morning here. I wake him up. And these are the first words out of his mouth. He says, he says, he after accepts the charges of the phone call. He said... How many of you don't know what a collect call is, by the way? Just curious. <laughs> Thanks, Caden. <laughs> That's a thing from the past. Uh, he accepts the charges to the call, and then he says, Gare, what do you need? And I said, well, I didn't, I didn't know, don't need anything, Dad. I just called to talk. And he goes, oh, and guys, I really made a decision that, that you know, hey, I, wasn't, I was trying to be independent. And I, 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 for whatever reason, I decided I couldn't get things from my dad. I, I wasn't, I wasn't going to try. Well, that impacts, guys, the way I approach Jesus and the way I approach God. I tend, my first thought process is, how do I fix this problem? And if I don't know how to fix the problem, my next reaction isn't to go to Jesus. My next reaction is to get discouraged. That's my natural response to things. My natural inclination, if you will. But guys, I want to ask you about yours for a minute here. You know, I mean, we go get a little bit more specific. What do you do when you have a problem, when you have something in your life you want changed? You see, it's a very simple thing, but Martha was so worked up about it, she took it to Jesus. Now I want to ask you, what in your life right now would you like to be different? What in your life do you look at and you say, man, I wish God would fix this. Maybe you don't say, I wish God would fix this. You just say, I wish this were different. Okay? If you're married, there's a good chance I know who you're thinking about. If you're a teenager, I know there's a good chance you're thinking about your parents. Okay? If you're a parent of teenagers, I know... No, we won't go there. I have two teenagers left. If you're employed, I'm guessing there's some circumstances at work you would like to see different. I'm guessing there's a good chance that there's somebody either at school or at work who doesn't treat you the way you think you should be treated. Guys, there's something involved in your life right now that you look at and you say... I wish it was different. The same way Martha looked at this and said, I wish my sister would help me. Now I'm guessing that a lot of your things probably seem more major than this little deal she's talking about. But that's immaterial. You see guys, because what she does is she goes to Jesus with the problem. Her desire is to get close to Jesus. Now she found the solution to the problem. Now the solution, as we're going to talk about, was on her part. 
It wasn't God changing. It wasn't Jesus telling her sister what to do. It was on her part. But the question is, how much do you go to God? Do you go to Jesus with the problems? Guys, I have been amazed. I have been amazed. I am learning things still at the age of 52 that I should have learned 20 years ago. I mean, no, that's just it. I'm just behind the game on some things. Ask my wife about how much stuff I can fix now compared to 20 years ago around the house. Amazing the difference. And guys, and as most of you know, I've been self-employed for the last 22 years. When you're self-employed, there's no boss to blame. Okay, the employees look to you for answers and you've got to figure things out. And a lot of times you're out there on the job and you've got to find out how to fix the problem. Can I tell you what my major pattern is, my primary pattern of fixing problems is? I do it myself or I call somebody to help. I leave God out of it. That's my natural way of doing things. And some of it seems silly, doesn't it? God, I can't get this bolt out of this piece of equipment so I can fix my big problem. Can you help me get this bolt out of the problem, out of the situation? I have had to learn to do that. And can I tell you, it is amazing how I find a solution after I've prayed about it. It is incredible. Because I have this natural instinct to not ask God for, to not invite God in. To not get close to Jesus with the situation. So guys, the first lesson there that we want to learn from these ladies is get close to Jesus. Second thing, guys, we can learn from these ladies is that Jesus challenges accepted practices. What is that talking about, Gary? I wish I knew myself. No, do you notice anything about Martha's request there that kind of jumps out at you? Do you notice that her request, I'm putting it politely when I say request, aren't I? It's more of a demand. What's she saying? Jesus, have you noticed how much is going on and she's sitting at your feet? And she's not. And then, he, then she says, tell her to help me. Tell her to help me. Now I've got to ask the question. Why would she feel so comfortable to make a demand of Jesus under these circumstances? Why would she feel that comfortable? Now, I mean, first of all, I think she does, there is a familiar area. Maybe she just has that personality, you know. She's going to blurt out what she wants, you know, that people. You know, they're gonna, you, you wonder what's on their mind, they're going to tell you what's on their mind. Maybe that's it. But i got to wonder, too, when I look at this, if what I believe is really going on is she believes that what Mary is doing is so obviously wrong that Jesus, that she is totally on the right side of this, and Jesus is going to have to do what she says. Mary's wrong, and you need to, you need to tell her she's wrong and get her to help me right now. I am on the right. You see, she's made a judgment about Mary. She's judged that Mary is d- making the wrong choice, doing the wrong thing. Now, you've got to ask, what is that based off of? And guys, I believe, and again, this isn't in the passage, I believe this is based off of the society that they live in and the rules of that society, if you will. 
First of all, you need to know it was a shame-based society. If you were ever a Star Trek fan, you know, and uh, you got Worf on the next generation, and he, he was like, he is not a man of honor. He has no honor. Well, these people, it means that he does shameful things. That's what this society was like. If you look back in just a brief, a brief uh, description of this is when, is when, uh, you know, Mary got pregnant with Joseph, or with Jesus. And, you know, what was Joseph's plan? He was to put her away quietly. You know, let's just keep this under, hush, hush. Because we don't want it. It was a shame-based thing. He was trying to avoid the shame of it for both him and her. Let her go deal with it. You know, go off to her cousins, have the baby, give it up for adoption, come back, live in a foreign country. Whatever she wants, we don't have to deal with it. I don't, she don't. That's shame-based. The second thing you need to understand is, guys, they had a, 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 a rule of society that says, you take care of your, the guests in your house as if they're royalty. It's very shameful for anything negative or bad to happen to the folks in your house, guests that are in your house. You see this in a couple situations in the Old Testament. You see one of them in Genesis chapter 19, the others in Judges chapter 19. Very similar stories there that have always made me go, hmm, what's that all about? And in Genesis 19, it's where God sends two angels in the form of men, to, to Lot, to help get him out of Sodom and Gomorrah. And they show up in the town square and Lot finds them and says, uh, you, he, he, you need to come to my house. He goes, oh no, we're going to spend the night here, here in the town square. He goes, that's not a good idea. He says, you need to come stay in my house. So he stays in, he, they, they come to his house and it says, after dark, the men of the town showed up. And they wanted... Lot. He says, send those men out here. We want to have sex with them. This was the men wanting to have sex with the men. And, and they're, they're trying to talk them out of it. And so in, in Genesis chapter 19, Lot comes up with a solution. And this solution blows my mind. If you're familiar with it, you know what I'm talking about. This is one of Lot's solutions. He says, look, I have two virgin daughters. Let me bring them out to you, and you can do with them as you wish. Thanks, Dad. But please leave these men alone, for these are my guests and are under my protection. That's a pretty fierce rule there, isn't it? He's willing to offer his daughters to these men to do with as they please so that he can protect his guests. Guys, that's the rule of that society. You take care of your guests. They are supreme. You want nothing bad to happen to them. You want to treat them like royalty. And that was the rule, if you will, the accepted practice that Martha was living under. And she's saying, I live under it. I'm submitting to it. And so should my sister. What's the problem with that rule? It's a good idea, but Jesus doesn't recognize it as that. Jesus doesn't recognize that rule. He challenges accepted practices. You see, guys, when it comes to following Jesus, you've got to throw away the rules of the world. When it comes to following Jesus, you will be called to do things that the world sees as foolish, as unwise. Guys, right now, I, I've told you about this. We've... Uh, Long story short, we just op- we opened a new car wash not far from here back in the spring. 
And it is a, if you know me personally, you know, I have a laundry list of problems at that car wash that is just crazy long. And I have surrounded myself with a group of advisors from the car wash industry that will tell you how to do things and tell you how to approach this thing and how to fix these problems. And the first problem is they all take money, which I ain't got. The other problem is, guys, I don't live by their rules. I don't do it. Well, what does that mean, guys? I don't rush to do everything as quick as they think it needs to be done. I'm understanding right now. I've got one advisor. He's in Tennessee. He manages uh, seven washes right now. And he was telling me, man, you've got to get on selling gift cards. You've got to get on doing it. The holidays are coming. I'm supposed to have my signs out November 1st. I did not have my signs out November 1st. I've not even ordered my signs. What's the big deal? I have other priorities going on in my life. You know, one of them that's just amazing to me, or not amazing, but I didn't ask for, didn't expect, is my mother had a stroke back in August. I was sitting talking to Janet. Janet McBride asked me every day, every Sunday, Janet and Barb asked me, how's my mother doing? 77 years old, had a stroke, uh, losing, losing her independence. And guys, it's just a... It, Let's just say it takes time to be a good son. Is that fair to say? It takes time every day to be a good son. Now, that time that it takes to be a good son is time that I cannot spend following the rules of business for my car wash. Guys, that's what Jesus wants me to do. Jesus challenges accepted norms in this world. And guys, I don't know what's going on with you, but I guarantee you, God God is calling you. He's challenging things that you accept without question. The way Martha was accepting that without challenge. Without accepting taking care of her guests without challenge. Guys, I, I can tell you. I am learning something called patience. It's funny because that's what I tell my mom all the time. Mom, you got to be patient. I decided, you know, they, they tell me on these car washes it takes a year and a half to get to projections. You know, they project this is what it's going to do. It takes a year and a half to build up to that. I've decided I'm on the five-year plan. Guys, it's a whole lot easier to sleep at night. And Jesus told me not to worry about things. Not to follow the norm, the accepted rules. So guys, that's what's going on there. If you, if you look at this passage in Matthew, thir- Matthew 15, this is another passage. And Jesus, Jesus is challenging here specifically religious norms. What's accepted religiously? It says some Pharisees and teachers of religious law now arrived from Jerusalem to see Jesus. They asked him, why do your disciples disobey our age-old tradition? For they ignore our tradition of ceremonial hand-washing before they eat. Jesus replied, and why do your traditions violate the direct commands of God? Guys, the second lesson there is that Jesus challenges accepted practices. The third one thing we want to learn is to expect to be exposed. 
Expect to be exposed. Well, what do you mean, Gary? Well, and I'm going to talk about this both with Mar- Martha and Mary. But guys, when you get close to Jesus, things are revealed in your life. You know that? You know, when I asked that question earlier about why you might not want to take stuff to Jesus, I think that's why. <laughs> you want to ask me why? I'm not real excited about being called out like Martha was here. <laughs> Anybody with me on that? Who wants to be, be challenged, especially in public? Who wants to be challenged like that? But guys, when you get close to Jesus, you can expect Him to expose things, to reveal things, to reveal specifically sin, to reveal any area that's not like, like God in your life. He is going to show it to you. Have you ever talked to somebody who no matter what they said, or no matter what you said, you couldn't really have a conversation with them? They were going to talk about what you were going to talk about. Or you may be telling a story and right in the middle of it they'd interrupt and they'd go off on a tangent oh, you know, and talk about whatever. And so you try to get back to the story and they'd, woo, they'd take it back somewhere else and sit there and smile at you the whole time. And you finally go, I'm not sure what I'm supposed to do here. Just give you more directions to go in? I don't know. I had a conversation like that this week with two people. Neither one here, okay? I just want to tell you that. One of them uh, was somebody I hadn't seen in, I don't know, several months anyway, talking with this individual. It was a younger person. And basically, you know, I made the conversation, hey, what's going on with you? What are you doing? Where are you working? Those kind of things. And, and then it kind of comes to a neutral subject about something else. And then I, I, I'm explaining something about what's going on. All of a sudden, basically, they say, whoop, let's bring attention back to me. You know, forget about what we're talking about. I want to talk about me. Can I tell you that when it comes to me and God, I'm afraid for too long that was me? That was the way God felt when I'd get close to Him. It's like, Gary, what's the point? And I bring this up because if you're not expecting to be exposed, you're most likely to be that, you're you're approaching it another way. If you're not expecting Jesus to show you areas where you need to change, things you need to give attention to, sins you need to repent of, Number one, you're going to be unhappily surprised. And number two is, you're missing out on what it really means to be close to Jesus. You see, guys, I can tell you for so long, I would try to get close to Jesus, and I would get close to Jesus, and I was so busy talking, I was so busy complaining. I was so busy asking Jesus to change other people that I wasn't even open. I I missed the fact that he's trying to show me something. And guys, you've got to expect this to happen. With Martha, it's very clear, correct? What happens with with Martha? She goes to Jesus, and what is she saying? Change my sister. Tell her to help me. And guys, Jesus turns the focus on her. And you need to understand that. When you get to go to Jesus, you need to expect Jesus to focus on you, not somebody else. Not somebody else. Guys, in Hebrews chapter 4, this is what it says. It says, nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. 
Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. See, guys, there is nothing that is hidden from God. The question is, are we going to let him show it to us? Because we like to hide it from ourselves. You know, the really cool thing about this, guys, is we see Martha's, Martha's mistake here, Martha's sin, if you will. But there's also... Something is revealed. Do you see anything revealed about Mary in there? You see, that's the, the, the really cool part about this to me, is that it's, you're, you're revealing something about Mary. If you look in, there's another passage there in your notes, in 1 Corinthians chapter 4. It says, Therefore judge nothing before the appointed time. Wait until the Lord comes. He will bring to light what is hidden in darkness and will expose the motives of the heart. At that time, each will receive their praise from God. Guys, Mary in this story is held up. She's receiving her praise from God. But until that time, what did it look like she was doing? Depending on who you were, you might have looked at Mary and go, she's negligent. You might have looked at Mary and said, she's irresponsible. You might have looked at Mary and go, she's selfish. Because she's just thinking about herself sitting at Jesus' feet and not helping Martha. But what was revealed? (laughs) She had it right. She was the one who did the right thing. And the really cool thing about this guy, you see her heart that says, I'm going to do the right thing, even against accepted norms. Do you think she didn't know what Martha was going to think? Do you think she didn't know about the way, what was expected of her during this time? I'm guessing she had a really good idea and she, she, if she thought about it at all, she knew Martha was going to get hacked. And she chose to do the right thing. And it's, it's very cool because I told you about those other stories over in John chapter 11 and John chapter 12. In John chapter 12, Jesus is eaten there again and it's Mary that takes the, the expensive perfume and anoints Jesus with it. And it's the, the, the one that Judas gets all upset about and said, this should have been sold. It's worth a year's wages and the money should have been given to the poor. And Jesus, Jesus once again, he goes, no, you got it wrong, guys. I know she broke your rule. I know she didn't do give to the poor the way you thought she should, Judas. But she was preparing my body for burial. You see, Jesus would be dead a week later. And the really amazing thing about this, in all of Scripture, in the Gospels, at this point in time, there are two people who understand that Jesus is about to die. You know who those two people are? One's Jesus, and the other one's Mary. Now it's interesting, Jesus had told his disciples this before, but they didn't get it. Mary was the one who understood. You see, guys, God revealed good things to her. God revealed things to her that she wouldn't know on her own because she took the time to get close to Jesus and was willing to let go of what was acceptable. The last thing, guys, and this really brings us down to the, to the, to the heart of the matter, the last lesson you want to we want to talk about is that denying myself is the goal. 
couple weeks ago, we had a uh, cross chat. It's kind of a Bible study uh, in my home with the teenagers. And we were having a discussion about why you should believe in God, why you shouldn't believe in God, why would you not want to believe in God. Uh, and I don't remember my exact question, but I asked the question basically along the lines of, is there anything about God you'd like, you wish wasn't there? Anything about God that you wish was different? And I brought up this passage here in Luke chapter 9. And this is what it says. It says, Then he said to, the, to, to them all, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. And you see, I'm just going to be honest with you here. This is one passage of Scripture I would like to tweak a little bit. I'd like to just change it. In fact, I only want to change one word. In fact, I just want to take the word out of it and throw it away. You know what it is? Daily. Daily. Jesus says if you want to come after Him, you've got to take up your cross, deny yourselves daily. Why do I want that out of there? Because... You know, I only want to follow Jesus when on the things I want to follow Jesus on. Anybody with me? You know, I can't figure out how to have a good marriage, so guess what? I'll ask Jesus how to have a good marriage. Okay? Uh, I'm in financial trouble, so I'll ask Jesus how to help me out of my bad finances. Okay, Jesus, you can help me with that. But you know, I kind of like having some time to myself and some recreation, and uh, I like being selfish. I'm a man. I wish I didn't have to deny myself. In fact, I've come up with a saying. I don't know if I've ever told my kids this or not. But, you know, for years, you know, they'll thank me for doing something. And I'll, you know, we're usually texting back and forth. And I will text them one of two replies. What are they, Jesse? Do you remember? She's looking at me straight. <laughs> I won't put you on the spot. I'm sorry. One of them is, it's what I'm here for. You know, they'll say, thank you for whatever, and I'll say, it's what I'm here for. Or the other one is, it's what I do. It's what I do. Now, guys, when I say that, I'm not trying to be, oh, look at me. I'm trying to remind myself that I didn't do anything worthy of praise. Okay? I am literally, if I'm going to follow Jesus, I've got to deny myself. And I remind myself, I'm not here to serve me. I'm not here for my life. If I was here just focused on me, I would be living a whole lot differently. You know that? That is just the truth of the matter. Guys, here in this story, you have both Mary and Martha. And both of them are called to deny themselves. Mary does it inside the story. She denies herself. She gets close to Jesus. She's held up as a wonderful example. Martha, I don't know what she did. We don't know if she got mad at what Jesus had to say. We don't know if she put down her, you know, took off her apron and, and put down her, her rolling pin and sat down at Jesus' feet right then and there. I told you later on in John chapter 12, you know, they're eating at the house again. I wish, I wish that in that story it said, Martha was sitting at Jesus' feet listening. It doesn't say that. I don't know. We don't know what she did. 
Jesus, we're, she, this story, we're left with her, her just being faced with the decision of what she's going to do. Is she going to deny herself, keep living by the standards that she sees as important, or is she going to deny herself and follow Jesus the way he wants to be followed? Guys, as we close out today, that's what, that's what this is all about. This is about whether where you're at right now in your life. This is about where you are with these lessons in your life. And I, I just want to ask, as, you're, as we're closing out, guys, are you getting close to Jesus? And if you're getting close to Jesus, is he challenging you? See, because if he's not challenging your accepted practices, then either you're not listening... Or you're not getting close to him. What's he revealing? If you can't sit here and tell me what Jesus is revealing in your life right now, I think you've got to look at how close you're getting to him. I really think you do. I think at any one time, I think we ought to be able to ask yourselves, you know, I asked this, said this in different ways before, but you ought, we ought to be able to ask each other, what's God revealing to you right now? And you ought to be able to go, man, he's showing me how selfish I am. He's showing me I how, how much I have a tendency to worry. I worry about money. I worry about my health. I worry about the kids getting through college. I worry. I give it way too much thought and I don't trust Him. So I ask you guys, what, what's God revealing to you? And if nothing comes to mind, you need to check how close you're getting to Him. And then guys, how are you responding to Him? Are you denying yourself? Are you continuing on with your ways? Let's pray and we'll be done, alrighty? Father, you are an awesome God and you are so worthy of our praise and you're so worthy of us following. Father, I am in utter amazement and bewilderment the older I get and the clearer it gets to how wonderful it is to follow Jesus and not only how wonderful it is Father just wow it's worth it Father just like Mary found out Father I know you revealed to me my stuff just like Martha Father you've shown me my worry you've shown me my impatience you've shown me my selfishness Father, you continue to reveal those things to me. And Father, those are a good thing. I meant to talk about that. That's a good thing. Nobody desires to be called out like Martha. But Father, it was good that Martha was called out. Father, I want to pray right now that that's our heart's desire. That we have a personal, individual desire to deny ourselves and to follow your Son. And it's in His name that we pray. Amen.